Speak softly loud So no one hears us but the sky The vows of love we made We live on till we die My life is yours And I'll be cold You came into my world With love so softly Good evening everyone And guess what? The Three Musketeers are back. And we're going to be talking about the award season. I'm sure we're all exhausted by now for the last three months. Between the Golden Globes, the SAG Awards, the Epi, every, every award there is in closing this past Sunday with the Oscars. You know, they ought to have an award show for the people who watch award shows. That actually <laughs> sat through all of these things. And that there should be some kind of recognition there. No, but you know it's and so funny. One, one right after the other. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. And that's uh, in the first ninety days. It's that's what it is. It's so crazy. You know, I I I was indoctrinated into this, the first award show that I I really cared about was nineteen seventy three, and uh, the Godfather. Fortunately, we got best actor. Brando won that. We got uh, best picture, which was my friend Al Ruddy, who got me in the business. He was the original producer. Okay. And Francis Ford Coppola won Best Screenplay that year. Wow. Yeah. And um, as it's very memorable, where Sachin Littlefeather accepted not getting the award. She went up. They, they tried to hand her the award. She wouldn't take it. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They tried to give her the Oscar, and she yeah. wouldn't take it. She's like, I can't and, accept and, it. And this was, this was for Brando. Yeah. She's got, I, well, she got on stage. Well, they mentioned her coming up to accept it for Marlon Brando. And when uh, they, that wasn't the game plan. No. They, well, they had that in their game plan. That was their game plan. But what, what was Brando's plan here? He, he, he wanted to let them know he's boycotting the, the award shows because of the abuse of the American Indian, how they're portrayed. Okay. And for those of us who don't really know this story, who was she? Who was Little Feather? She was she a Comanche. Okay. A full Indian. She came in full garb. Right. She had a little feather on too. <laughs> <laughs> How did he pick her? Brando Brando's got these people lined up, these wackos. He's yeah. he loves all that stuff. Which we'll get into. I mean, I I've met every person that I mean and that's one of the things him and I had in common. We loved interesting women to put it in one way mm. <laughs> and like to have fun and that's i mean we all spoke in the past about i gave him basically i gave him my chauffeur and you know slavery had been abolished a long time ago and oh that it, was the uh, asian woman yeah the asian woman then she came back to la with us after the shooting of the godfather and that was it and i i was one i, I got superstitious because every night during the Godfather, when we were on the set together, and I didn't care about my car, I let him use it. I loved it, and we'd meet at the Monkey Bar, and then it got, got to be she would drop me off here, and then go t- drop him off hmm. because she never dropped him off. She went upstairs with him. That went on for the last month. What and, was her name? Uh, I can't tell you. She's uh, still so very. Oh, was she still around? Yeah, fa- and our family's very wealthy Chinese, yeah. very wealthy. Hmm. How'd you find it? I, I found it because when I was doing research, when I wanted to get into The Godfather, yeah. a lady called Betty McCart was Al Ruddy's secretary. 
Al Ruddy was. Al Ruddy, Al Ruddy is most known at, by that time for Hogan's Heroes. He produced Hogan's Heroes. And now he was getting into motion pictures. Mm -hmm. And he optioned the rights from Francis Ford, I mean, from uh, Mario Puzo to make it a movie. Oh, he was the guy. All right. Yeah, he's the guy. That's why yeah. on Godfather 1, it says executive producer Albert S. Ruddy all by itself. Oh, okay. So that must have made him in Hollywood. I would oh, my say. God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he just won that other, uh, he just won an Oscar about four or five years ago about the female boxer. That Clint Eastwood directed. Okay. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. He's still he's still very active. A great guy. I love the guy. And look what he did for me. Forget about it. <laughs> but so I called Betty McCart to find out some of his idiosyncrasies. So he liked fancy cars, which I had a couple of them at the time. Right. And he loved Asian women. So my friend was producing the Follies Brigere at the Tropicana Hotel, and most people didn't know. Costello and Joe Kennedy owned the Tropicana Hotel. And so I went over there and they had all these beautiful showgirls. And my friend was the producer and I said, I need an Asian girl. And there was this gorgeous girl. And she, I, I said, she, she was a dancer. She went to best schools all over the world. And when I told her what my idea was, she said, I, I want to do it. And so I had my real driver drive my car, Fremo, to... LA. Then she got in and we put her in a wet look like costume, looked like leather. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Betty McCart arranged for a drive on on the studio lot, which is almost impossible to get. But I had a brand new 65 Bentley that you drop dead to look at. And then this girl, so when she got to the gate, they gave her the drive on. And I said, when you get back, you got to tell me every minute of this. Okay, so so what what was the come out here? She was supposed to bring him something. She brought what I did. I shot my own screen test for Michael, oh, yeah, right. Sonny, and Carlo. Yes, 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 I remember now. <laughs> and then I got the book cover and I cut it up and wrapped it in that, and, co yeah. and and covered it with plastic. And when the first clip on it, I said, "Whoever was watching it, I said, gentlemen, who's ever watching this film, this is the original movie, The Godfather." And my film, not because it was good, yeah. I, I bought this film, uh, what was his name? Alan, Alan, Alan Jeffries. He owned a uh, cinema photography place in Vegas. And I was doing so many commercials for the businesses I owned, yeah. I shot these three scenes. So and you played every part? I played every part. I played Michael, <laughs> I played Sonia, I played Carlo. And, and, and hoping you'd be... Uh, one of them. One. Just one. Yeah, just one of them. And then <laughs> I really something if they would have said, "Hey, this guy's great. Let's give him all the parts." He there should do go. all three. <laughs> Keep changing wigs. That would have been no. Something. But so what happened was the only reason number one they said the original movie, The Godfather, and they said like, "Who's this?" Not yeah. And they saw you know the car and the packaging <laughs> and everything else. But what really got their attention, Bobby Evans and Stanley Jaffe, who was the president of Paramount at that time. Francis was trying to convince them, Francis Ford Coppola was trying to convince them he wanted to shoot it in a sepia look. And I bought old 18 millimeter mag stripe film. Unbeknownst. This, this, this is like a brown tint. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. So, with that said, I bought this film from this guy and basically he robbed me. But because it was old film, it did have that tint. So, they passed it yeah, around to everybody. Everybody wow. saw it. So 
that's why nobody realized when, I mean, this is an interesting story because of, of the Oscars and we won so many, but when I flew to, L, uh, to New York to try to straighten out the problems after Joe Colombo was picketing the FBI building and they didn't want the movie to be made, the only reason they knew who I was in the lobby, they all saw my film. <laughs> oh my gosh. But at the time, they rejected it. Oh yeah, no, they sent me a nice letter saying we're sorry, we, we misled you, we're really not using unknowns, you got, you got a big career ahead of you, God bless you. <laughs> and this was the Chinese girl that delivered that film. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, 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 so was this, so they had a like a like a love connection, her and Rudy. No, no, Rudy liked her, but that's got her into the office. Normally okay, you drop as far as I went. Yeah, no, normally you would drop that off to Betty McCart. But yeah. Al wanted to see her, which I it would work. It worked. He yeah. sat down. You have a cup of tea. Da, 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 da. What's this yeah. about? I have no idea. I'm, 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 here, <laughs> I'm, to, I'm here to deliver. <laughs> and that's what's crazy. But, but and, you know, I, and reflecting and writing these notes for this show, I don't know what my life would be without the motion picture of Godfather. That is definitely Think about it. Nobody years knows to think about. times in our lives I think we either seize the moment or we just walk away. Right. And you didn't walk away. So you were extremely persistent. Yeah. With me, I had never written a book before, and it was the same thing. I kept on hammering away until somebody finally said, this guy's a pain in the ass. Let's publish the book. I mean, you know. Uh, so, yeah, you have to do that. What you did was what you have to do to get ahead in this country. You just can't expect something to come to you. Right. And you know, it's so interesting that you're saying that now because our relationship and that where we are, I, I, I shared with you and Megan that last year, who is now a friend of mine, and I, which is ironic because Nick Vallelongo, who won the Oscar last year for Best Screenplay and Best Picture, wrote Green Book. Mm -hmm. Nick Vallelongo, when he was six years old, was in my wedding in The Godfather. His father, Tony Lip, who the, the movie is about, yeah. worked for Costello. And they all wanted to be in, all the mob guys were in the movie, real guys. Really? Seven Matt, degrees of separation is, from Gianni Russo. Yeah, wow. Is that weird, though? Yeah. And then right. I, I'm, I'm sharing with you two, now our audience, we have the first draft of 10 hours, and he blew me away, Nick Bolongo. The first draft of? Of... Hollywood Godfather. Ten, there you go. There you go. And yeah. we, I mean, we're not going to say where we, we're not. We're not settled where it's going to be aired, but we are settled with a guy called Nick Cantor, who did Goodfellas. I mean, this is so crazy. Yeah, we got a, We got a good this team is nuts. going here. But uh, and then uh, and obviously said, as they say, stay tuned for further yeah, uh, right? events. And Colin Wilson from Avatar fame. So we got the A team already. It's craziness. I can't wait. But uh, but you know, well, good and, stuff and, to yeah, come. It's amazing. Right? It's really amazing. And, and and you know the the amount of film like when uh, Andrew Bergman and Michael LaBelle, because I, I had money connections, and they knew I knew a lot of people, so I did a three picture deal with them. I did Chances Are with uh, Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. And this is when he was a young actor. And Sybil Shepherd. And I don't know if you ever saw this movie. I did not. And it was, I mean, again, you know, I'm saying Sybil Shepherd. I can't wait to meet her. Because I remember when she was on that TV show with Bruce Willis. Remember that? Which TV yeah. show? 
many years uh, ago. Remington Steel? No, not Remington no, Steel. No, no, I forgot what it was. But anyway, right, he, 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 they, they played Private Eyes. Yeah, but and, and that that was his first break too. Yeah, he was a bartender here. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, but now you figure, I get chances all with her, mm-hmm. with Robert Downey Jr., Stubble Shepherd, Andrew Bergman directing, Michael Abel producing, and I do a three picture deal with him. And I go on the set. We shot in Washington. There was about some uh, a husband dies, and he's reincarnated as Robert Downey Jr. And she's like, you know, uh, uh, like it could be his mother at the time. And I go into her trailer. I always heard stories about her. She just had twins, Sybil Shepherd, wow. in life, real life. <laughs> I go there with Andrew Bergman, who's you know going over notes with her. She got both kids nursing at the same time. Oh, wow. I'm saying to myself, Super mama this is hey, Hollywood. Man. This is triplets. nuts. What? Oh, she did have triplets. That would have been a problem. <laughs> Only you would think it. I love it. Oh, would have had to call in an extra. Yeah, but, and, but the funniest thing is, the next movie we did was The Freshman with Marlon Brando, mm. which, you know, uh, Bruno Kirby, Matthew, you know, Martin Broderick. Right. I mean... And again, it's all of these crazy things I'm talking about, movies that won Oscars and because of the Oscars and the Golden Globes. We were up for everything, fortunately, The, the Godfather. Yeah. But the thing I'm missing now, and, and, and the three of us, well, you're young. Yeah. But Pat, yeah. everybody that's nominated today, and I went through it, they were all in their 50s or 60s. Who's going to be the new Pacino? Where is he? Where are these guys? You know, funny you should bring that up. I was thinking the same thing. These people have been around for eons, and they deserve the accolades that they're getting. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Laura Dern. I don't know if you saw Marriage Story. I mean, she was superb in that. Really, she was superb in Little Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's nominated twice. Right. Uh, but she's fifty-two years old. She's been around for for ages. She's honed her craft. Where are the next? breed of stars of that caliber. Well, not only that, what uh, Pacino mentioned, that this is the first time he's been nominated in 27 years. I can't even think of that. Yeah. What was the last thing he would have been nominated for? Do you, do you I remember? I don't even remember. I, I, I knew, uh, what was that? Um, slug, I, oh, I, oh uh, if you don't, it's fine. I was just kidding. The, the, the bank robbery movie. No, that was, yeah, but did he get nominated for that? I don't even remember if he did. I believe he did. But, I'm, uh, I'm not sure if anybody's sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. But the no. but the interesting that. thing is, like, and again, going through all these awards, all we're seeing is people playing back. And, and that was the biggest thing that I kept getting critiqued on from different critics that I know personally. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't like De Niro in The Irishman. They said they've, they, seen they, it so they've, many times. they've seen him do those scenes. Right. In fact, they yeah. took a line at a Goodfellow, and it's in the Irishman. From Goodfellow, which is some you know one line. Is. I don't know what it is, but that's against call? that's against the law. It has to be original screenplay. Has anything yeah. come about? No, because probably Scorsese owns both of them. Hello. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. A lot of the the men that were up for these awards were older. Right. But then you do have some women like Margot Robbie, Scarlett Johansson, Saoirse Ronan, who are kind of of the younger caliber, but they're all women. I don't see any That's kind of younger. No, I was talking about the men. Right. Yeah. One, 
one, uh, Adam Driver in uh, Marriage Story. Okay, yes. He's young. He's in his 30s. He was good. In fact, he was very good. But what what else has he done that we could speak about? He's obviously done other pictures, but I can't think of any. I don't I've know seen. any off the top of my head. Uh, but he did, a, he did a superb job, and he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That is true. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy business. But, you know, I, again... There were always so many young kids. Pacino, I mean, they were, we were all in our 20s. Yeah. When they, when they hit the, 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 that circuit of film and that caliber of film. Mm-hmm. But, well, his first movie that, uh, that got, him, got him noticed was uh, Panic in Needle Park. Oh, yeah. He was in his early 20s when he did that. Yep, picture. yep. And that's what, Francis loved that movie, Coppola. Yeah. And Bobby Evans, I remember Bobby Evans making a statement in The Hollywood Reporter who was the producer? Who was the producer of Godfather, and and vice president of Paramount at the time? He told he told Coppola because it was getting out there, and they asked him that we hear Al Pacino is playing Michael in the movie. He said, "Over my dead body, I'll be dead before I'll cast him as Michael." What did he have against him? He just he, he thought he wasn't strong enough. Jimmy Kahn was supposed to play Michael. And Bobby loves Jimmy Kahn. Mm. And, and Brian, and he just did Brian's song, got a lot of young accolades. And, and Jimmy was an up-and-coming thespian. And, so how, and, how, how did Coppola win out? He won out because he said, either I do it this way or, you know. I, at the end, I don't know what happened behind closed doors. And I think a lot of it had to do with the mob connections in New York and Joe Colombo going crazy. Because Bobby Evans, he never came out of the Chevy Netherlands Hotel when he got to New York. He was you afraid. Know, but, but, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're, you're the actor here, and I'm, I'm the writer, but uh, what you want to see in, in, in a film is the main character, or in this case, one of the main characters, was M- Michael Corleone, change. That's and it. He changed so drastically, and Bob Evans was probably right. At the beginning, he looked weak. He looked indecisive. And he was. He didn't want anything to do with the family, but that's what you want. But in in a credit to you, the first footage, that's before they came in with all this, you know, you you had to wait for your dailies the next day. The dailies were what they shot the day before. Mm -hmm. So you wait for it. So Paramount was waiting. They'd They'd fly to negative to California. Yeah. And the first scene was with Kay, at my wedding, and he's saying, I don't have nothing to do with this cave, my mm-hmm. father. And Bobby was right. I mean, you you, you saw it. Yeah. He was he's totally supposed right. to be weak. He's supposed, he's supposed to, be, to be weak. But he, he didn't get the vision. Mm-hmm. Well, and, Coppola did. For oh, sure. yeah. Well, Coppola was a genius. I mean, and and it's it's a sad that, you know, he went the ways he did. I don't want to get into that. He's still he, He's not making movies anymore. Oh, name me one. <laughs> After Apocalypse Now, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. crazy, but it's a choice. I think he and George Lucas really got a little crazy in San Francisco. I mean, really crazy. <laughs> How so? What do you what do you what are they you got? About? They were partying oh. too much. Oh, okay. And let's leave it at that because he's a nice guy. His daughter's got a big movie out though. You know that, right? And what is that? Coppola, Coppola, Sophie Coppola, Sophia Coppola, Sophia Coppola. Yeah. What what movie? Um, I don't know. It's a new movie out, and it's and it's doing well. Oh, I haven't well. heard about that yeah. yet. Look it up. You got your iPhone there. I do. Please. Talking about award ceremonies and why should be nominated and why shouldn't, did either of you see 
Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems? No, I've been meaning to, but I have not. I would did like you to see it. Pa? No, I have yeah, it here. I, I saw it. In what fact, did you we, think? It, yeah, please tell it us. It was. First of all, it was it was against type. You know where Adam Sandler plays right, the, right. The, the hapless guy that always loses the girl. Of course. This was a a tough Jewish diamond dealer on on West Forty Seventh Street. Most of the movie was filmed on that street. Oh wow! And he talks a mile. I tell you, if you ever went down there, and you know, you have, I have oh, anybody course, yeah. that's, that's been part of the city. Oh, he's has got had them some down, kind man. of dealings with the Diamond District. And this guy, this character that Adam Sandler played, was a quintessential diamond dealer a hustler talk like a machine gun i mean he was so and that's good. what they do they, they're still that way there yeah, yeah exactly but not only wasn't he nominated but either was the picture oh wow so sandler uh you know a lot of these guys are stoic you know well maybe next year sandler said a couple of weeks ago that he was so pissed off that his next movie is going to be the worst picture ever made in hollywood that's that's his revenge <laughs> and How he stupid he's is he? Produce it and distribute it himself. There you go. People will be forced to watch it because this movie that he did, Uncut Gems, deserved a, a nomination. Didn't mention himself, but he, he definitely deserved it. You have to see this movie, guys. Well, I have it here because you're you know, amazed at what he does. What most people, like even uh, Megan, didn't realize when she came here tonight. I have every every movie there is because I mean I had set my battle in two weeks ago, so I'm supposed to watch all this stuff. And does vote because it's a privilege. Once you're in a movie that won an Oscar, and once you're in the Academy, and which I was in the Academy when they had a category called Most Promising Newcomer in a Speaking Role. And that was one thing. Male or female could be nominated for it. And I was nominated for it. And you will never believe who I lost to. Who was that? Well, I know. Diana okay. Ross, Lady Sings the Blues. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't fair. <laughs> well, I don't think uh, Diana would agree with you. No, I'm, of course she doesn't. She was a good yeah. friend, too. I, I saw, in fact, I was there at the Cannes Film Festival that year, and I was running around the whole city like a, a real idiot. But that's good. <laughs> but uh, so but you, anyway, you see more films than I do. I mean, you do. Uh, probably, I go, I you, know, uh, you know Zach, my son. Right. He, I, I turned Doctor, him Doctor when he was Zach. a little... <laughs> yeah, the, the, Dr. Zach. <laughs> I turned him into a movie buff when he was like five. And we used to go to the movies two or three times a week just because to show him how much work I do. Wow. But anyway, uh, now, he, now he's in med school and all that. He doesn't have that much time. But he, he, he take, puts aside like two or three days a month to, to go with me to the movies. Oh, wow. And we saw Uncut Gems together. And we, we come out of there, our jaws were dropped. I'm, you got to see this movie. I got um, it. I have it here. I can run it tonight. No, yeah, but the thing, the thing is that I, I wouldn't go see it, and that's not fair to Adam Sandler, but I heard about this this movie, Uncut Gems, and now I got to watch it because I never would watch his movies. I, I, I just don't no, me like either. the guy. Well, I watched a couple of them, and you watch one, you watch them all. Yeah, he's always the same guy. Same, it's the same guy. He plays Adam Sandler, so right. you thought. But this when is so you different this, and Your whole attitude will change. Right. Yeah, I will see it because I spend so much time with the Sephotics on 47th Street. I, yeah. I used to bring major loans there on Thursdays. Mm. Well, his gig, his his part in, in this movie was he was the diamond dealer to the stars, mm. and of course the, there's a the, you know the the mob's trying to muscle in anyway. Very good, enjoy. Don't I will. What 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 other critique do you have for us? Uh, marriage Story. 
Have you seen that? It's on Netflix? No. No, but now that I know that it's on Netflix, which I recently found out, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, uh, Laura Dern, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver. It's a long movie for the subject matter. You know, an Irishman spans, you know, 40 years and mob and this and that. This is about one family. And How it's long about was a it? two and three quarter hour movie. Oh, wow. And it's about them getting divorced, mommy and daddy. You know, and anybody who's been around for any period of time uh, won't find any surprises in this movie. Yeah. It's a typical divorce. There's no surprises. There's no twists. It's just a divorce from A to Z. I could have wrote the, way the, script. the I went through played. a few of them. <laughs> huh, yeah, right. Yeah, it, you know, I looked at it and I knew what was coming next. I mean, everybody yeah. does. Right. But the acting in it, particularly by Adam Driver and Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson was good, but uh, she was up against these two. Mm. And oh, yeah, Adam yeah. Driver uh, plays a guy that's trying to save his marriage and is calm and trying to remain calm for the sake of his son. But in the last quarter of the movie, he loses it. Ooh. And that's where the performance comes out. And the, Laura Dern uh, is uh, like a, you know, think of the, the most uh, mean, vicious, shock type male divorce lawyer. And they told, they, they turned Laura Dern into that in a, a, a as a female version oh, she was really so cool. good oh she was a lawyer okay yeah she was a, a very high-priced divorce lawyer but a shark i mean mm. her clients hated her but she was that good yeah yeah well there's so many of them out there that i'd like that in real life but, yeah well you know that's the kind of lawyer you want you want yeah. a lawyer you don't like exactly if they're going to represent you in, in a divorce because they're going to tear your ex apart and they don't want to hear Oh, I was I was married to him or her for so many years, and let's go easy. They don't want to hear easy. No, and you know, and that's the part she played. And uh, you can watch it on TV. It's on Netflix. Okay, I definitely yeah. am going to do that. Yeah. And uh, well, my I, I, all I could talk about is some personal experiences of the forty-six motion pictures that I made. <laughs> Please, with people that you know are, are giants in the business, because I was talking about the three films that I did make with. Andrew Bergman and Michael LaBelle. The third film was Striptease with Debbie Moore and mm -hmm. Burt Reynolds, which was an experience. And she had Rummer, her daughter, as the daughter in the movie, which I thought, what the hell is she putting her daughter through this to? And how old was the kid at the time? About eight or nine years old. Wow. And she was backstage in a strip club. All these girls are walking around nude, including her mother. Yeah. And the yeah, language, and I, I'm surprised Bruce allowed it, you know, because that's his daughter. But uh, she was going through a strange thing. I mean, I made a lot of money on that movie, indirectly, because uh, when they Did came... Did we ask why? Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> well, when they came to New York, I put it right down the street, conveniently for myself, at the uh, St. Regis Hotel. I mean, the uh, Regency Hotel on 61st and Park, which is two blocks right here. Yeah. And why they... they sent it to me because Michael LaBelle is a New Yorker and he said, Johnny, she wants to go to New York strip clubs. So it's great, no problem. Oh, just so, to get flavor. Yeah, to get you know, study. But she took it in so many t steps beyond that that I called Warner Brothers office here. I said, listen, you got to give me at least 2500 a night in cash. <laughs> she said, why? They said, why? I said, these people don't take checks or credit cards. Yeah, yeah. You got to go to these strip clubs and throw money in that. <laughs> so, but you don't know what I did. I can say it now. Ha, ha. 
I called this, all. I the called, statute is up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, yeah, but right. I called all my friends on the club. Yeah. And I said, listen, how much would you pay me to bring Demi Moore? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, you can go, you know, because she's studying to do this movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it. And she got in such shape. I mean, she's devoted. Because I watched her from our movie. They had a semi 40-foot trailer follow us on every location. You know what was in the trailer? What? A gym. gym. Stuff. All gym. Really? With trainers. A traveling gym. Because she went from this striptease to do G.I. Jane. Remember that movie? That was a good movie. Good she movie. was in great shape for that movie. Well, I'm going to tell you what kind of shape she got into during the three or four months I spent time with her. Yeah. I saw her do a handstand against like a chair like this, a four-legged sitting chair, and lower herself into the chair backwards, holding on to the legs with her hands, and lowered her body in backwards and sat down. I would pay money to see that. Yeah, that's well, they did. Impossible. It was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in the movie? Oh, yeah. They, yeah. She did that scene in the movie. Right? Yeah. She was unbelievable in this film. But wow. and then Burt Reynolds, I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I think he destroyed it. He almost made it a comedy. But a lot yeah. of good actors. Amonestanti was in it. It was yeah. a, a lot of good people, but you know, it, and and I see my, my whole thing of I, I look at it in a, a different light than most lay people because I've been on so many sets with so many great actors. Even like when we went on the set with The Godfather, to me, I was more impressed with Sterling Hayden and John Mauley and, and, and the old uh, actors. Oh yeah, yeah man. These Rich, are people that you can learn from. Richard Conti was, you know, he just just his look, his mannerism. You have to say nothing. You knew. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a wild ride, but as as we mentioned earlier, it's a situation where who is going to take over these new positions, these young kids? Maybe the few people you mentioned, but yeah, I mean, I, and I believe me, I love Brad Pitt. I love seeing all these guys up there. And Brad Pitt's fifty six. I know, kid. I know. But yeah. I'm saying, yeah. but to me, when I met him, he was a kid. Even Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. I was just about to say, even DiCaprio's not yeah. a kid anymore now. But I met Leonardo DiCaprio when I owned the Malibu Inn mm-hmm. in California, and they were shooting in Baja, down in Mexico. That's where Fox Baja is, right in Baja, California, right in Baja, Mexico. Okay. And that's where they built all the miniatures. Yeah. So all those ships, all that stuff was all minute little mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Then they had the interior. Where he'd be standing with the bow of that ship with the oh, girl. With Titanic. Yeah. With yeah. Titanic. Yeah. yeah, so they had the, the, I mean, this was funny to see because my house, I have a house in Rosarita Beach, and I used to go on the set all the time because Rupert was a friend of mine. And I met this kid. I mean, how old was he when he was 16, 17? How old was uh, what, the Titanic? DiCaprio. He had been in his late 20s. Was he? 20s. Right? He looked younger. Well, he always looked younger. He doesn't. He looks his age now, but at the time, yeah, he was in his like late twenties, I believe, because that was nineteen ninety-seven or eight. Well, she's looking it up. Yeah, I'm gonna find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio. One thing I like about him, when I see him in the neighborhood, when I do see him, yeah. he's never been affected by his stardom. Really, he's the same guy. You know, he, he he don't want the. I mean, he's not as bad as De Niro of hiding, but he always wears a cap, glasses. Don't yeah. want nobody to bother him. But when you do bother him and you know, and you you know it's him, he's very congenial, but fast in and out, bang, not yeah. just ignoring you. <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, I mean that that must get very tedious. Uh, you're you're a superstar like that. Your life really is in your own. You have to have 
some kind of a plan. Well, you know, the plan, and I mean, I didn't have that kind of stardom, and I was never, I always looked at it when somebody recognized me. I I was flattered at all the million people in the world. Mm. I'm I'm being recognized. And I was always the one that stopped, took pictures. Maybe if I became a superstar, you know, but then like you say, you change your life. I I met De Niro so many times. I'd have to sit, we used to meet here at the uh, uh, hotel that he liked to go to. I don't want to mention because he still goes there. And I'd spend the first four or five minutes trying to f- find out who he is today. He'd be with Which wigs on. He'd have a trench coat on. Next time yeah. he's at, I mean, but uh, he's, he's I, I mean, I don't know what could be going on in his mind now when he's seeing all his friends being recognized by anything. And he got recognized for nothing. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I think, I think like Megan brought it up. Right. I think the fact that they gave him that the Life Achievement Award, the Lifetime Achievement Award, that's like the kiss of death. I, I wouldn't even want that. But I'm thinking they did it just out of appreciation for his yeah. past work, and especially doing it this year when he didn't get nominated for yeah. anything else. So you know, it's, you you know when you look at something. when you look at Joe Pesci's part in The Irishman, he 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 got nominated for right. Best Supporting Actor along with Pacino. Right. Uh, Pacino's part was very histrionic, very out there. He was Jimmy Hoffa. Joe Pesci played against type. He was so calm and reserved. Uh, well, he played and Buffalo. He did an excellent he? job, but he, he, he wasn't playing the, 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 the psycho gangsters that he normally plays. Right. Mm-hmm. Just that, the opposite. But that's why I think he got recognized. Yeah, he did did he play job. Buffalino? Who did he play? Pardon me? Did he play Russell Buffalino? Yeah. 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 I knew him. That's where that guy was. But I mean, if you knew the real guys, like Carlo Gambino, Frank so Costello. They're so low-key. Forget about it. O'Neal De La Croco, all those guys. And then, then you get the new breed, you know, Sammy the Bull and John Gotti's and these people. They want a grandstand. Well, the bosses had that class about them. They didn't have to raise their voices. There's one scene in The Irishman where Harvey Keitel is confronting uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro went off the reservation and did a job that he wasn't supposed to do. And Harvey Keitel, who had a very small part in that movie, looks at him and he just said, what were you doing in Detroit? Mm. That sent chills up and down my spine. Just right. that one line, Detroit, Delaware, wherever the hell right. it was. Right, right. But just right. that one line with those, with that stare he gave him, meaning you were not supposed to be there, but he was very low, very calm, but you saw it in his eyes. That you better tell me the truth or you're not oh, going to yeah. make it out of this restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- they didn't have to act any other way. Well, that's why you guys, know, however, have to act like crazy people to get recognized. I spent so much time with a gentleman of gentlemen, Tony Ocardo out of Chicago, and his street boss was Sam Giancana, who was dating Phyllis McGuire and grandstanding and yelling at people all the time. Yeah. This little, little guy. And I, I tell you the truth. I was with him the last time of his life, just when, because he organized the whole situation of Marilyn Monroe, when they were going to try to set up the two Kennedy boys, now John being the president and Robert being the attorney general. And I was up in Calneva, and you saw all the photos we had. And he was like a maniac, (laughs) like a maniac. But I knew when Marilyn Monroe said, I'm going to the press, she was dead. Mm. Because Bobby didn't play with Bobby Kennedy, forget about him. But, you know. That, that, uh, we digress. Uh, 
Yeah. Let, 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 let me ask you a question, which I've never asked you. This isn't for the audience's benefit. This is for mine. Uh, of all the films that you've been in, have you ever been with an actor who was a nobody that you recognized or said, I think this guy or this woman is in for a great career, but at the time was nobody, and then went on to be a great actor? Do you know what's so weird that you would ask that question? The guy who taught me how to act, Marlon Brando, the only scene in The Godfather that I feel I acted was, you know, I was physical and everything else. When I sat down with Pacino. Oh, the airline tickets. And he sat to me, just yeah. said to me when he walked in, you got to answer for Santini. Yeah. His performance then and going it went on to two and three, which he didn't need. But yeah. that's the only actor I could say. And, and it's amazing he brought that up. Oh, actually, I correct myself. Robert Downey Jr. Because Robert Downey Jr., when he did The uh, Chances Are, he was being, most people don't know this, so I'm sure he'll be mad at me if I say it. His father had him smoking pot when he was 11, 12 years old. He was really screwed up, this kid. Oh. In fact, Andrew, everybody, you really had a hand carry him. But he was so delicate and so good and that's another guy. I mean, look where he went. Look, mm. look at his career. Well, there's a guy who, who disintegrated into ashes and brought his career back yep. to where he is. I mean, he was locked up numerous times. So those people who don't know, drug problems. Which yeah, he didn't he have addiction issues? To, oh, yeah. He came back. He stopped and he came back. Right. He has a new movie, that Doolittle movie out right now. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, it, it, it got very good reviews. Yeah. Uh, anything he does, though, you know, I think anything he does. But again, that's... Talking about a, a transition in life, yeah. being reared by his father and getting hooked early, I mean, and then getting all the money in the world. You, how do you balance it all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why I, to I, me, I like the opportunity, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I get half the money in the world. My, my hats off to Leonardo DiCaprio. There's a kid, and he used to come to the Malibu Inn with his mother, and you, I talked to him so many times. He was so enamored with Carlo and the Godfather because that was a big movie then, mm-hmm. and that I, I became friends with the kid, and I, I could see him on the street, and he will say hello to you. Wow! Didn't he say um, during the SAG Awards that he's doing a movie with De Niro soon? Yeah, they're doing it now. Huh? They're doing the movie. Did well, they say they didn't say what it was, but they just said they were doing it together? But uh, Pacino said something the other day that blew me away. I watched the interview. And he's doing a TV series called Hunters. Right Pacino. Now. Pacino. With, with who? I don't what know. does he play? I don't, I'm going to look it up. I mean, I had to do enough research with, the, with what we were doing yeah. here. No, but it's, right. it's amazing how everybody's be. gravitating. And I'm hoping because if, if, because as we spoke, you know, I would have loved to have Leonardo DiCaprio play me at my ego. Why wouldn't yeah. I? And he could go young or older the way he, you know, he looks. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to sign on for more than 10 one hours. Because you don't I, think? I don't think. I mean, they're, and we, you know, we don't want to be locked in to just, if we go forward, we can't use them again. We want, right, we want right. the but flexibility. That's yeah. over. That, that, Absolutely, yeah. 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 Right. This, right. Uh, this TV series that uh, Pacino's going to do, that's a, a streaming series, right? It's not going to be on a network, right? I, I'm sure it's streaming. I'm sure it is. A lot of things. Call the Hunters. The Hunters. Wave of the future, buddy. Yeah. We'll have to look out for oh, that. Oh, everybody's going that way, man. Thank yeah. God we're, we're, thank God we have so much, the attention of so many heavyweights. 
Like yeah, we're sitting us, here. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think it's time to go to the mailbag. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so first, I want to share a comment from a man named Jim. Jim says, I loved your appearance on Coast to Coast AM with George Knapp. What an interesting life you've led. Your many contacts with important historical people and events rival the character Forrest Gump. I'm purchasing your book Sunday and have already begun listening to your podcast. Gianni, thanks for sharing your life with us. Well, Jim, I got to tell you something. This guy's got to be the most update guy on Johnny Russo. I did Coast to Coast this past Saturday night at 1 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock. It was that recent. I went on coast to coast in LA at 10 o'clock. That's crazy. One o'clock here. This guy's got a report on so it. So we're assuming Jim has insomnia. I am. And you know what? You know what shocked me, though? And I can mention because he's a close friend of mine. One of the, one of the most uh, reputable people that I met in New York City as far as building and billionaires and everything else. I just got off the, the, the radio 3 o'clock this Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. At 3.05... John Casamitidi says to me, that was a great show. And I'm saying to myself, what's he doing? I'm listening to this guy. <laughs> what is it's he so doing? crazy. It's me. Yeah, he owns everything. Yeah, he's, tell me. He's, uh, that's a big radio show on ABC, you yeah. know, for those who don't know about yes. it. But I think maybe he was doing research. But but I, somebody told me he had a sleep, sleep napia or something like that. Sleep apnea. apnea. Sleep apnea. Well, yeah. that's when you have sleep apnea, you're asleep. Oh. Yeah, that's up. more of a sleeping problem yeah, than, it, it than oh, being I don't know. awake. Because you sleep. Well, remember, I'm the uneducated one here. I don't know what that is. Well, sleep apnea can kid you because basically what you do is you stop breathing when you're sleeping. Whoa. And then that causes you not to to get great sleep, but then you fall asleep during the day a lot, too. I don't know. My dad had it. That's the only reason why I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, I thank Jim and I thank John. (laughs) <laughs> but watch this. I just did this Saturday night. That's great. I, I didn't even know about it. Yeah, yeah. neither did I. <laughs> well, I want to wake you up. <laughs> I want to fire shots. Don't wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So next one is from Kim. Kim says, do you have any information on the disappearance of Molly Zelko? During the late 50s, around the time of the Appal- Appalachian meeting, she was a reporter in Joliet, Illinois, that was trying to expose Francis the Thin Man Curry and the outfits gambling. Do you know anything about that? I do, and I will not talk about it. It's <laughs> one of those things we can't answer. <laughs> no, that's... Well, I, I, we can't even go near that. Actually, All right. Actually. Well, then moving on. Yeah. All right. So sorry, Kim. <laughs> okay, so Michael asks, with the Super Bowl coming up, I would like to hear Mr. Russo discuss his knowledge as it pertains to the mob's involvement in sports betting, and if there were any huge sporting events the mob influenced the winner and loser and or point spread. What are you trying to get me killed? <laughs> no, we, we need you here for next week. So yeah, hold on. No, but I mean, watch the movie any given Sunday, and I was instrumental in help producing that with Oliver Stone and Warner Brothers, and my brother-in-law at the time was Pat Bolin, who owned the Denver Broncos, and Oliver had the twist the right way, and the NFL <laughs> wouldn't sanction the movie. Because there have been so many problems mm. in the past of, you know, saying that and whatever. But the, no. the biggest gambling, when I was in the NYPD, the biggest gambling day for busts where you get oh, press, yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. You, you always see the line of uh, underworld figures being paraded out of court on Super Bowl Sunday. And they always come out with the police, always come out with these figures. 
it's a hundred million dollar betting ring. Yeah, they wish they yeah. hundred million bucks. Hmm. But it, it, happens, it happens every Super Bowl Sunday. You're gonna see a whole bunch of money. Oh yeah, get they, they, and they're in and they're out. Yep. They pay their fine. Yep. And they go. Got it. All right. Next one is from Priscilla for both Gianni and Pat. Priscilla asks, "What was your favorite decade that you've lived through?" Pat, uh, you want to go first? <laughs> the favorite decade, I, I, I would say the seventies. Uh, first, I was out of the army then. By then, and I was with the NYPD. And we had a lot of power then, and it was the biggest partying decade of the century. This was pre-AIDS, don't forget. Right, right. And it was just one party after another. And I was a very young guy, and of course, that's all I cared about. So I would say the seventies. I, I agree. The seventy. I mean, sixties, seventies, and eighties for me were like insane because I was with you know. I'm, I kept changing my careers and mm. just kept moving forward financially also. And I had a lot of great experiences in those 30 years. That's mm. mine. Yeah, me too. All right. Next one is from Cameron. Cameron asked for Gianni, did you know Judy Garland? And if so, how well did you know her? I got to know Judy Garland when Judy Garland was a mascot for the Rat Pack. They were so nuts, they had mascots. She was one. Angie Dickinson was one. You better explain to some people who might not know who the Rat Pack was. Yeah. Okay, really? The Rat Pack, yeah, yeah. okay. The original Rat Pack was Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. And Cesar Romero and that whole Hollywood movie star thing. Okay. And then when Vegas got to be what it was, the new Rat Pack was introduced. Frank Sinatra, D. Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., but all the other different guys. Okay. Peter Lawford, Joey yeah, Bishop. Yeah. So, yeah. so what does that mean that she was the mascot? That's where they, they used to have the Rat Pack, and they were the Rat Pack mascots. They were like they're in a clique. Oh, they were okay. party. They were party. Yeah, they were all party together. And I, out of all, I mean, I saw Ava Gardner nude, Julia Prowse nude, Marilyn Monroe, nice. Angie Dickinson. The one person you don't want to see nude is Judy Garland. <laughs> No, not now. I don't know that. She was so skinny, this poor girl. It's mm. a very frail little lady. But I knew, I'm, it's funny, I was in her house one morning with a guy, she was going out with Jimmy Mack, and she was here somewhere in New York, and we went to PJ Clark's, and we were all carrying all these roses from her, her closing night. Mm. And, and we go there, and she lived on 72nd Street and the, and the East End. Mm -hmm. And she said, Johnny, why don't we go get some eggs? Go get some eggs down the corner, you know, the bodega. I said, okay. She got a couple of eggs, a couple of dozen eggs. We go up there. She's in the kitchen. Sun's coming up, overlooking the East River. And she's cutting the, the petals off the stems with olive oil and garlic, and she's making a frittata <laughs> with all the eggs and the, and the roses. And, and, and like idiots, we ate it. It was good, though. <laughs> but the That's ironic classic. time, she had two kids at that time. She had Liza. Liza Minnelli. And brother Joey. Okay. And it was like five or six years later, I got engaged to Liza Minnelli. You talk about strange times. I was like 19. I think she was like 14 or 15. Wow. She was getting up for school. You know, I did security for uh, Judy Garland's funeral. Oh, really? Did you uh, really? Uh, Frankie Campbell uh, funeral home. Oh, yeah. March of 1969. And why I... 84th uh, Street, so Madison wow. Avenue. Yeah, why I remember that so clearly. Well, for those who don't know, Frankie Campbell funeral home is the funeral home for the stars. And gangsters. Okay. The, the famous and the infamous. Right. Uh, Frank Costello, 
Costello, yeah. Well, every day. But uh, I had just gotten out of the police academy the day before I graduated. And to control crowds. Yeah, they use your guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was, I was on the inside. There was a line around the block. Oh, yeah. I mean, how to be two, three thousand people. Well, she cheated. So it was, it was, she cheated death so many times. So. Oh, she drinking pills. And, oh, my God. Mm. Well, she, yeah. She wasn't, she was in the 50s when she died, right? Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing, most people like her friends, that's why they threw out, I shouldn't say anything nasty about her, but uh, you couldn't invite her to your house. Why? Because she would disappear. And when you, the next morning, needed your medication, there was none. Oh, wow. She would raid everybody's medicine cabinets. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. That, that was toward the end, I yeah. would imagine. But, uh, you know, it was what a shame. Yeah. Have, have you seen the movie Judy with Renee Zellweger? No, and I want to see because I'm good friends. I'm good friends with Renee. I haven't seen that either. Yeah, with Renee Well, she won. She's won a lot of awards. Yeah, that's Must true. Be good. Must be good. But, you know, on the topic of funeral homes, I just found out recently. So my family, my uncle's family, owns a funeral home in Philadelphia. And apparently I learned recently that they buried Frank Sheeran, the Irishman. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I, I hope he was dead. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was from he was from Darby, right around Philadelphia. So oh, I just great. learned recently. It came up. He says, "Yeah, we buried him." I was like, "Wow, no way!" Wow. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. So next one is from Aaron. Aaron says, "For Gianni, I'm curious to know since you have been so influenced by music, do you have a favorite favorite song? What is it?" I have I have a favorite song that was taught to me by Frank Sinatra and was the first tune. He taught me, and he was expressing to me about the importance of lyrics. Just don't say the lyric. You have to know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. He's basically telling a good story with rhythm. And he told me the story of his infatuation and the disappointment of Ava Gardner. Mm. And the song is all the way. And I sing it all the time. I sang it New Year's Eve. Yeah, you did. I did. Did you ever hear him sing a quarter to three? No, I don't like that song. <laughs> yeah, but you but you think he's actually in the bar when he's Oh yeah, singing. no, when he's in. I mean it's just he emotes. No, he knows, man. Yeah, I mean he it's like he's there all by himself, meanwhile he's singing in front of fifty thousand people. Yeah, it's but amazing. You, you, yeah, he was amazing. Amazing guy. No, I even another song that he used to do in a full arena was the, the house I live in. Yeah. That yeah. song will blow you away. Mm. But no, I mean, to have Sinatra Marlon Brando as my teachers, hello. Can't get any yeah. better than yeah. that. Well, it's been good. Do you want to do another one? Yeah, let's kick one more in. All right, one more. So this one is from Leo. Leo says, when you were in it at the time, did DiCaprio? you- DiCaprio? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. We can, we can hope, but- uh. All right, he says, when you were in it at the time, did you foresee The Godfather being as successful and timeless as it was and still is today? No. Did anybody, do you think? No, but they kept threatening they were going to stop the, the, you know. Charlie Blue Dawn just took over Gulf and Western, who bought Paramount. Mm -hmm. That was his first movie. And all he was hearing, threats and this, and he, he says, let's do something else. And he wanted to pull the plug a lot. And they threatened. During the movie? During the shooting. Yeah. They'd have other directors come on the set. And threatening Francis, if you change it, you don't change it, we're putting this director in, you're out. I mean, I, I was just having so much fun. I, I mean, hindsight now, I, I, I don't know what I would do if the movie wasn't made. 
But when you're shooting a movie, do you get the impression that this is great and it's going to make a, a lot of money? Or it's just, there's just so much technicality involved. Oh, yeah, you have no, no idea. And when, it's a shout out of sequence. Oh, yeah, well, that's that. all shout out of sequence. But Absolutely. the bottom line is that uh, me being a newcomer, and I was basically by ego, I, I, I really never, I don't know how far I could have went in the film business if I needed money. Because mm-hmm. I took movies I wanted to go have fun and go do them. But meanwhile, my business is well, well, fueling every my lifestyle. I didn't buy all these cars and houses from being an actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a different time. So that's a good note to close on. I think so. Yes. And it's the end of the awards. Thank yes, it God. Is. <laughs> we got rid of Super Bowl and the awards, and now we're now exhausted now at all. Now. Okay, folks. Well, all right. Thank you all. Great show. Remember, you're listening to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Pat Picciarelli, my co-author, Megan uh, Millennium. <laughs> we need subscribers. We're growing, but not fast enough. We want it fast. More, 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 more. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. You want to? Right, oh, wait, wait. You uh, wanna, don't you want to? Uh, oh yes. Uh, you your see, book? I, 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 I keep forgetting that I write for a living. I've got two books out. Uh, there's a uh, private detective series. The one is called Bloodshot Eyes. That's three words, Bloodshot Eyes. And the second one in the series is called Pop Line. Uh, it is a series, but you can uh, read them on their own. And uh, it's selling pretty well, uh, thanks to this podcast. And uh, enjoy. And if I get a good result, I'm going to continue with the series. Thank you very much. Perfect. Perfect. Very good. Very good. All right. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. My name is Megan Horan. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Regarding Gianni's motivational speaking appearances, you can visit his website, giannirusso.com. You can also visit Amazon.com for a listing of books Patrick Picciarelli has written. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather Podcast, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails and voicemails. Good night.